honor our producer, Tom Kearney, here, our uh, uh, host. This is the Tom Kearney Show for Monday night. It's October the 19th. We're two weeks uh, away from uh, voting for president, what the historians used to call the quadrennial madness, and we'll just leave it at that. We are live and in real time, as we are every night, Monday through Friday, from 9 till 10, and we try to bring you programs that are edifying and entertaining. And uh, uh, tonight is going to be a part of a series that we call Nostalgia, and tomorrow night uh, we'll be talking to Tony Rigsby about baseball. The World Series will begin tomorrow night, by the way, and that's what John told me anyway. Uh, Mike uh, James, who is a pharmacist, will be our guest on Wednesday night to talk about the enrollment in uh, uh, Part D of uh, Medicare which is the part that deals with pharmaceuticals and can be a little bit tricky and complex, as indeed all of, all of the, those sorts of things are. But this is a particularly complex one, and Mike has been good enough to be our host over the last 15 years, helping people to understand the time to sign up for Part D and indeed other parts of the, the Medicare system and to make changes is usually during the period beginning about the middle of October through about the middle of December. Uh, I think the uh, Part D thing ends on Pearl Harbor Day, which is for people with a sense of history a good day because it's December 7th, and that gives the people working on that stuff the rest of December with time out for Christmas to get get all of this stuff straight. But anyway, Mike will be here on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, Thursday night is scheduled to be a presidential debate. Friday night will be trivia, and uh, I believe this week we may start one of two programs having to do with horror movies and, and stuff like that, because that will be our contribution to at least the spirit of Halloween. But tonight, well, uh, I was talking to somebody about uh, the Twilight Zone. Uh, I once uh, had a year teaching in Virginia at Hargrave Military Academy, and uh, Hargrave is in a small town, and one, one night out of eight I had to walk the barracks, and most of the other nights, I could go back to my room and read and uh, uh, do whatever. Uh, it was not a wide-open town. There were only about 1,200 people in the whole town. And so I, I got into watching The Twilight Zone. Now, I had watched it originally uh, when it came on in 19... This was about 1968, and I had watched it around 1960, but it had been higgledy-piggledy because some nights I was there when it was on and some nights I wasn't. I never gotten to see the whole thing. And so I, I, every night at 7 o'clock, the Twilight Zone was on. So that's where I, I ate my supper, and I plopped down for that. And after it went off, I went out to socialize or do whatever I was going to do. And I will admit that later, since that time, I have engaged in uh, watching, uh, what do they call it when you watch uh, it uh, continuously, a marathon of Twilight Zone episodes. But it is one of the programs from the, from the early era of television that one tends to remember. And if you say uh, a certain title, um, people who were Twilight Zone uh, fans will remember that. And that's not true of many other programs. They were favorites, like I Love Lucy and You'll Never Get Rich, that's also known as the Sergeant Bilko Show, and, and shows like that. And eventually, uh, 60 years ago, we uh, had uh, the Andy Griffith Show appear, and the Beverly Hillbillies, and Petticoat Junction, and a lot of other favorite shows, I Spy, and whatever. But uh, I was thinking about uh, The Twilight Zone, and my favorite episode. So I want 
you to be nostalgic tonight. If you're old enough or if you have watched some of the marathons, one of the nice things is at one time you had to be there uh, on that date in 1960 when it was played because they, they didn't often rerun these things in the early days. And they got, within about 10 years, they got to doing that simply because they didn't have enough material. They didn't have enough stuff to fill up the hours. So they started reruns. And so, but... Uh, Those are some 
really long-running quality shows that are iconic that you can count on. I thought about those as shows that I would like to watch then and still like to watch. And I like to watch the original Today Show. Uh, you might want to explore Lou, one of our our uh, our regular listeners uh, from down in Tarboro, sent me a postcard uh, from about the time the original Today Show came on with the original host. One of they were actually three or four hosts. Uh, and, and a special character that was on there. You might want to tell me about that if you if you want to talk about the Today Show and watching it. I always enjoyed it. They had a camera in front of a glass front building down at the Radio City Music Hall in New York, and people could walk up, you know, and I would have thought, I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina, and uh, that kind of thing. Uh, it was a, a little bit slower world in those days, but it uh, I was comfortable with it. And during the second hour of the Today Show, I could switch my CB to my CBS channel and watch after 1955 Captain Kangaroo, and I was uh, older than than well, let's see how old I was. Twelve when I started watching, but I saw the first episode. I always loved to watch television, see debuts. Uh, so Captain Kangaroo was there, and I always enjoyed watching Captain Kangaroo. Uh, ABC was lagging behind at this time, and it didn't get around to having a regular morning show. Until 1975, when it has the beginnings of the show that it has on now. There's a real good competition, I think, now in morning shows and in late-night talk shows. It was about, uh, let's see, i got to think of early 60s, mid-60s, when the Tonight Show, late late 60s, was taken over by a guy named Johnny Carson. Uh, he, he kept it for about 23 or 24 years. He retired, I think, in 1991. I want you to tell me who succeeded him, who came after, and who came before, and what did you think of them? The guy that came before was a really interesting guy, and he had interesting shows. 919-860-9783. Let's take a break and come back, and you'll queue up at that telephone number and tell me what you think about uh, some of the old shows that we might be nostalgic for. Excuse me, let's see what time it is, 6, nine. I was looking at the time for the West Coast, the time for the East Coast, where we are is 9.21, 6.21 in L.A. right now. Uh, Tom Kearney here. The The topic tonight, the nostalgia topic, is uh, being nostalgic for uh, certain old television shows, ones that you have been around a long time, like, and that are, are iconic. By the way, Here's a trivia question for you, and then we'll talk to the people who want to talk about the Twilight Zone. I thought this would happen, and I'm glad. Uh, the oldest scheduled radio, uh, TV program on, it was a radio program, by the way, before it became a TV program. Uh, what is it? Still on. You can watch it every week. 919-860-9783. John, who's first? Uh, Kathy from Durham. Kathy from Durham. We talked to her the other night. Good evening, Kathy. Hello. Hello. I forgot. Are you Kathy with a K? Yeah. Okay. Okay. My sister is K A T H R Y N, and I yep. collect I collect Kathy's ever since you know we were kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to see whether she's in the majority or the minority. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Twilight Zone episode? 
Well, I have two that stand out in my mind. Um, they were very um, strange, I think. I, well, I thought they were strange because you didn't know really what was going on until you got to the end of the, the show. Well, you know, uh, stop the, now. Let me agree with you. I was telling John, who's too young, to have seen it originally, and I, I don't know whether you are or not, but that it was, my mother liked it, and, and, I, and she didn't usually like scary things. But I said it really wasn't scary. It was just weird. Yeah. And, and, but it was, but, but it was enchantingly weird. You you wanted to watch it again, and and it, well, anyway, which one is it? Okay, I don't remember what the names of the show. I mean, you know, the episodes was called. But the first one, I think, um, maybe Beauty in the Eye of, is in the Eye of the Beholder. Um, yeah, that one um, because there's a a young girl and she wants to be beautiful and. You know, they're taking the bandages off, and, you know, she's had so many surgeries and all this kind of stuff, you know, and she's just, and they're, you know, they take the bandages off, and it was not a success. And so you're looking at her, and, you know, it's Darth. I'm not sure the actress. I think it could be Dorothy Malone. <laughs> uh, let me I mean, tell you, let me suggest something to you. I think it was Donna Douglas. Oh, really? Billy May. Huh. I may be wrong, okay? okay? I don't mind being wrong because that gets callers. They'll call up and say, aha, Kearney, you're wrong. But, it, but you were saying, who did you think it was? Dorothy Malone. Dorothy Malone, okay. That's yeah, the, that's who I, that's, I'm not positive about that. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I, I, think that's in, I think that's the name. I mean, that could yeah. be the name of it. But at the end, the people that she's wanting to look like, they all have big faces. <laughs> Back, maybe you know, 
turn of the century, very old. Everything in it's just very old and stuff, and she appears to be by herself. And there's these little tiny people that are, you know, for, you know, they. I don't know how they get it. I don't, I don't remember the exact first part of it. But I remember they're trying to attack her. Um, they're trying to get away somehow. They're really tiny, and she's like 100 times their size, something. You know, she's huge, really huge. And so they're, she, she sees them, and she's got like a big butcher knife. She's trying to kill them. You know, it's like they're bugs or something. And so, you know, you're really rooting for the lady because, um, you know, they're, they're doing mean things to her, you know. <laughs> They're trying to fight, but, you know, she's, she's huge, and so they don't have very much to, to work with. And so when you, you know, when they finally, um, I think, get her, get away from her somehow, and they get back to, it'll, you know, when you finally see what it is, it's like a spaceship. You think they've landed somewhere crazy, but it, um, it says USS something. Anyway, they have traveled to somewhere else. gotten into a place where they're giants or something is what you're saying. Yeah, they're huge, huge. Yeah, there's one lady, and she's all by herself. You know, she has to defend herself from these, you know, and they they got their little guns and whatever they're fighting with. It's it's a dark... (laughs) Maybe somebody will tell us what the name of that is. Okay, well, we're going to let you go and see if we can lure somebody else in. And you stay tuned, Kathy. Maybe somebody will tell us the name of this one, okay? Okay, I hope so. Thank you for joining us tonight. I think it's been fun, okay? Yeah. Talk to you later. Remember, beauty is in the eye of the beholder now. Remember that. That's exactly right. (laughs) John, who is number two tonight? Ernest. Ernest. Good evening, Ernest. How are you? I am just fine. How are you? I'm fine. If we don't get as far as we might like to get talking to you, we will put you on hold and talk okay. to you more after the news, okay? Okay, I'll make it quick. I do recognize both of those episodes. That was Ellie Mae Clampett. And, and uh, you know, she landed on a planet where everybody had turned up faces, and, and that was the, their idea of beauty on that planet, and it, and it was Ellie Mae Clampett. Right, and, okay. uh, and the other one was, uh, the spaceship one, was that was Agnes Moorhead. Oh, was, uh, great. Agnes Moorhead was in, was she in Bewitched? It was a mom-in-law, and and, yeah. and that's what, that was who, who the nutty woman was out in the middle of the woods. But my favorite Twilight Zone episode had two. One is, uh, at any design, he was in a general store playing a harmonica, and uh, he was abducted uh, by these, these guys from space. And the way he escaped was he started playing a harmonica, which was, Deadly to them, and they—they they, uh, it was—it it was a funny one. It, it wasn't scary at all. It was a—it was a really funny one. Andy Devine. Yes, I remember him. You remember now, that? Yeah. yeah, we're going to the news now. Could you come back for about a minute after the news? Go right ahead. Go right okay, ahead. Okay. Okay. Hold, hold on, then. Okay. We do need to check the news. This is Tom Kearney, the Tom Kearney Show on WPTF. Our time is nine thirty. Hello. Hello. Are you there? Uh, did, did he leave, John? Hello? He's there. Hello? Okay, oh, yes, sir. Are we there? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking about Andy Devine. That, that, that's the kind of thing that makes you nostalgic. And I used to watch a show on CBS. It was a kid's show. It was a young people's show on Saturday morning. 
It was the one that was sponsored by Tony the Tiger. I don't know if you're old enough to remember that or not. I don't but, remember that one. <laughs> well, it was uh, uh, it was called Wild Bill Hickok, and I think Rory Calhoun played Wild Bill Hickok, and Andy Devine played the usual sidekick. And I used to feel so sorry for Andy. He was called Jingles, and I felt sorry for his horse. I love Andy Devine. I, I, I really do. And if you ever get a chance to see that particular episode, you will know it right away. Well, no, I, I, I've been thinking I need a Twilight Zone. Uh, and, a, and there's a new, there are actually new kind of Twilight Zones. I mean the original, where the Rod Serling thing, uh, mm-hmm. for watching it. Did you, did you know that the famous movie about the, uh, Newt Rockney, the one that Ronald Reagan was in playing the Gipper. Mm-hmm. Andy Devine was in that movie too, so he he didn't weigh quite, quite as much. And he's well, in in one of my favorite. I'm using you as a foil now. I hope you realize that. In <laughs> one of my uh, favorite westerns is the man who shot Liberty Valance. Oh yeah, yeah, I love I loved him in that. He's uh, right. He's great in that. That's that movie's got. Uh, Woody Strode is in that movie. Yeah, and, yeah. And Jimmy yeah. Stewart and John. You don't get Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne in the same movie very often. No, you never did. Not a little, absolutely. Love that I, movie. That, I saw that movie when it came out in 62, and it was kind of got thumbs down, you know, from the critics. But I think now they think of it as a kind of a cult classic. Well, and, I was surprised about that movie, believe it or not. It has a Tar Heel in that movie, and it was Jack Palance. Uh, now, is Jack Palace, uh, Tar Heel? I heard that he did go to University of North Carolina. I don't know if he graduated or not, but he was a student at UNC. I'm going to check that out. I, I, now, you're so nice, I hate to say this, but, but you may confuse him with Randolph Scott, who was a Tar Heel and who did that's, go that's to That's probably who it is. That's yeah. probably, and I didn't know that Randolph well. Scott was from Pineville, which is a you know, oh, part of Charlotte. Well, you know, one thing I also read before I go, uh, I saw on TV several years ago on his show called Book Watch. Uh, they said that the most prolific uh, writer in television history to this day, I'm guessing, in terms of having material that he never even got to, was Rod Serling. And he typed on a typewriter, believe it or not. Still, uh, I, I can't believe that. Well, I'll just tell you that the, I, the writing is what is really the difference. The ideas and the writing and is the difference in that uh, uh, I, and I, nothing would make me sit there and watch. I, I'm not a marathon watcher, but I would watch The Twilight Zone. I love this one. That and The Outer Limits are two of my absolute all-time favorites. And uh, they said the second most prolific writer was Stephen J. Cannell. And they're both gone, unfortunately. Yeah, he he uh, had a lot to do with a lot of NBC proof. He may have had something to do with The Rockford File. Which he I, did. I love that show. I, I, watched, I watched that show so much I don't want to watch it anymore. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yes. Same here, same here. Well, I'll let you go because I got to run. Okay. I got a pot on the stove. It's literally boiling right now. Thank you, thank you. Okay. okay. Take care. Pot is literally boiling. That's, that's. I guess, I hope he's okay. That's a good sign. Who else is there, John? Sir Walter Ann. Sir Walter Ann. She's probably got a good memory. Sir Walter Ann. Oh, right? she does. She does. You know I always do. I know. <laughs> no, I, I knew, How are you doing, I knew What is the... What is your favorite Twilight Zone program? Well, I have my favorite, and I have Larry's favorite. Okay. By the way, okay, Larry is this lady's husband. We, we gotta, everybody doesn't know you as well as I do. So oh, that's, that's true. That's okay. part of my job. And Larry, tell, tell the audience that Larry is also the person who introduced me to listening to your show. That's why, well, that's why when you're there, you're the only person I ask, how is Larry tonight? You know, because he, <laughs> you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Larry. 
Uh, well, so my favorite Twilight Zone episode um, is uh, Time Enough at Last. Oh, that's fine. And my and that's, uh, that it. Now tell me, is it Keenan Wynn? No, it's Burgess no, it Meredith. Isn't. Burgess Meredith, of course it is. Okay. But then for the listening audience who might not know that one, um, Burgess Meredith plays a very meek and mild bank clerk, and he only has one passion in life, and that's reading. And every day at lunchtime, he goes down under the ground to the bank vault and sits in the bank vault and re- uh, eats his lunch and reads books. And then one time he goes down there, and there's a nuclear holocaust. Okay, now, wait and, a minute. Now, I, I, if I told this story now, now well, let's do it together. There's one thing you have left out. And that oh, he is, wears glasses. He well, wears, he wears bottle, but, but pop bottle, but what he has got is a wife who will not let him read. She nags him all the oh. time. So, you know, I've forgotten that. He had, well, that's why he goes in the bank vault and reads the lunch. It's the only time right. he ever gets to read. But now he's got time enough at last. And, and so there's a nuclear holocaust, and everybody, at least in his general area, is killed. But he's protected because he's in the vault underground. So he digs his way out, and it's a beautiful day when he gets out. And he looks around, and there's no one around. And all of a sudden, he realizes there's nobody to bug him about reading. And, oh, he's ecstatic. He heads straight to the library. And the trouble is, he has to go down all the steps from the bank. And he trips. And he falls. And he breaks his glasses. I just love that that one. It's oh, well, that, well, that's the twist, you know. That's the, mm-hmm. the, the, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, and there's nothing, there's nothing horrifying or scary about that, but it, there's always a twist. Right. Rod Serling was a wonderful writer. You know where he got, I, I don't know that he got it from, but the great master of the twist, the, the real inventor of it, was a man named O. Henry, uh, who was a yes, North Carolinian. Yes, he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he wrote uh, a number of, my favorite Christmas story is, is by Henry. It's called The Gift of the Magi. I don't know if you're familiar with Oh, yes. With. Yes. I know that one very well. Yeah. Well, it has a twist at the end, too, and, and so on. But yes. you, you, you picked the one that I like and that my mother liked, and that was what we were talking about the other day, and, and it just popped up. It's, it's, I think people that aren't even interested when they see that show, they never forget that show because no. it... it uh, I think... I'm not sure about this, but I believe it was voted the number one Twilight Zone episode of all time. Ah, I, I know it's in uh, the, the last list I saw. It was in the top ten. I, yeah. I don't think they had a number one, but it was in the top ten. Uh, can I tell you what Larry's favorite show is? Sure. Now, unfortunately, neither he nor I remember the name of the episode. But again, it's a, a award time zone, and. Um, Speaking of Agnes Moorhead and being in Bewitched, Elizabeth Montgomery from Bewitched starred in this one along with Charles Bronson. I've seen that one. That's that's and that's... they're they're, uh, they're on the opposite sides of the war, and um, they don't trust each other at first, and, and then little by little by little they begin to. There's nobody else left but them. Uh, they begin to trust each other, and finally. They go by, and there's no words spoken in the entire um, episode. 
because they speak different languages. And so they go by uh, a department store window, and the window is broken, but the mannequin in the window is still there wearing a beautiful ba uh, ball gown. And Brownson looks at it, and he looks at Elizabeth Montgomery, and of course, you know, they're soot-covered and raggeded, you know, they've just been through a war and all. And he takes it off and gives it to her. And she goes off screen and puts it on and comes back in. And uh, that's the one word that is spoken in the movie, I mean, in the episode. And he looks at her and he says a word in Russian. Uh, and the word translates to pretty. And that's what, why uh, Larry likes it so much, because he lives for a time in Russia, and he knows a little bit of Russian. So he always feels proud for himself that he can translate that word. I'm trying to find the title of this one, or, but I like that is a very good one, and uh, I'm going and to have to find. I'm way. sure you know that there's a compendium, oh, yes. uh, of Twilight Zone episodes, and one year for Christmas. That's all I wanted, and that's what Larry got me for Christmas. But well, I, I've got, you know, I, I got <laughs> mine before I had you know uh, television. Uh, I mean, not television, web. You know, where you could look things up, and you, and right. I just would I would just go and look up. Well, one of the channels had a sci-fi channel or something. Had a it was on Fourth of July or something, and they had a marathon, mm -hmm. and I would I would just follow all 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 the way through and so on. But I want to point yeah. out something that I don't know if you realize. Have you ever seen her, her Elizabeth Montgomery's father in anything? No, I don't think I have. When we were young, when I was young, I'm older than you, but you could come home in the afternoon and. This is when television was different than it is now. There was something called Robert Montgomery Presents, and it was an hour drama. It was like Westinghouse Theater, or and it was. And that was Theater. her father. Was, that's her father. Serious drama. Mm -hmm. he, was, he was a director and an outstanding actor. And uh, uh, sometimes, if you can catch an old Turner Classic Movies thing with Robert Montgomery in it, you can have a good feeling because he was he was Elizabeth's father. She died too young. Too, I think she was in her. 50s. Oh, she did. She did. Yeah. And I loved her in Bewitched. She had the most beautiful hair. And I've always wondered about the story of the um, uh, part pendant that she wore on every single episode. And she would not tell anybody what it was. Oh, okay. I'll have to see. I'll have to ask. You know my brother. I'll have to ask him. He may know. <laughs> he was a big fan of hers. But all the guys that I knew were big fans of hers. She's. Certainly well, I can pretty, understand that. She was gorgeous. Lady. Yes, mm -hmm. she was. Especially with that blonde hair and when she would dress up in the black witch's costume. Oh. Well, she was um, even pretty in the movie, in the Twilight Zone episode with Charles. Yes. Well, that was, that was very hard to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Well, she had really dark eye makeup. I mean, her eyes were rimmed. She looked like a raccoon. But anyway, mm -hmm. thank you, Ann. That's another good choice. And I had actually forgotten about that one. So this is why I like to do this. It reminds you of things that you have forgotten about. It. And that's Larry's favorite then. I'm yes, gonna it find is. It. I'm going to find well, out. Because of Elizabeth Montgomery, too, I'm sure. But also the Russian word. <laughs> Russian word. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a good evening. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. And uh, let's see. It's time for us to take another break. And who knows, during this break, I may be able to find out the name uh, of that episode. John, do we have any more callers? No. Share your memories of old television programs 
something from the past. It does not have to be the Twilight Zone, but we have had three very good callers on the Twilight Zone already that go back to having watched those episodes of a very special program, one of the best written, most enchanting programs that's ever been on television, one that you can watch again and again. And most everybody who's ever watched it, even if they didn't want to, has a favorite program. And I'd like to know what yours is. 919-860-9783. Anne just told us what hers was, and that happens to be mine. It was the program with Burgess Meredith, who, by the way, his birthday is the same day as mine. I always thought good things about him because of that. But the episode was entitled, Time Enough at Last. We'll be back. One more thing that I've got to do to pay my dues tonight, and, and that is to talk to you about my friends who came to my rescue last week, by the way. I uh, was supposed to go to the dentist, and uh, and when Mrs. Kearney cranked the car up, it sounded awful, and it turned out to be uh, some something with the electrical system that needed to be fixed. But while they were doing that, they found that the radiator was leaking, so they fixed me up, and uh, I'm ready to go now. Uh, but uh, when servicing your car, you need to know the cycle of service. That's something that people don't often recognize. The cycle of service begins the month that you buy your car. That cycle does not necessarily match with the normal seasonal changes. And, for instance, it, it would not fit perfectly with the instruction book with your car. At King's Auto Service, they will schedule your service intervals based on that cycle. For those using synthetic oil and driving limited miles, which is what the case with my car, you may go months past the normal service based on those miles, and you would need to schedule your service two or three times a year, but independently of, of a, a rank schedule. During your service, Kings will check wipers, belts, tires, and transmission fluid levels. For those of you who are currently driving a Toyota Prius or some other hybrid vehicle, the uh, certified hybrid technicians at Kings are now able to refurbish your high-voltage battery pack for less than the dealer would charge to replace it. This usually occurs, by the way, at about 150,000 miles. Call King's tomorrow to schedule a courtesy battery analysis. King's Auto Service and King's Correct Lube and a state inspection station are easy to find at 1039 Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh and at kingautomotiveservice.com on the web. There you go, John. Is anybody on the line? No one at this time. No one at this time. Okay, we can we can go back to talking about uh, about tonight's topic, nostalgia topic, thinking back. And I, I and I know we'll have to do this again. In fact, when we we first started doing this program many many years ago, it was a two hour program. In fact, the first time I did it, but I just when I started working at WPTF, it was a three hour program. But we there are other things that have come along now. But we're still here, and we thank uh, our our supporters and we devote two hours to a program now, not in one night, but over two nights, and we may come back to this topic the next time we do nostalgia, because there are going to be some people that are not listening tonight who do, in fact, have a favorite Twilight Zone episode, and the fact that they remember that after all these years is a tribute to the show itself. John, our producer, looked up the show, the title of the show that Ann, uh, Sir Walter Ann, uh, and that's to differentiate her from the other Anne's and her husband, Larry. It was actually Larry's favorite, one with Elizabeth Montgomery and Charles Bronson, and says the name that he found was Apocalypse. 
and that seems to fit. I was having trouble finding it because I was having trouble getting into the IMDb Internet Movie Database is what I'm trying to say. It's the abbreviation for it, getting into it. But Apocalypse, and it clearly, that that fits uh, the situation that Charles and Elizabeth found themselves in because they were, they had survived an apocalypse. But it is uh, like most of the Twilight Zone episodes. There are a few that I would not choose to take to a desert island with me, but most of them I would. And that's what we have been waxing nostalgic about tonight. And by the way, next Monday night, we're going to wax about uh, nostalgic about uh, people who have passed away that we forgot about. Uh, we didn't notice. I, Bob Gibson died, and I didn't even know it, famous baseball player. Uh, so uh, uh, Dr. Funkhauser will be here next Monday night. Uh, and right now we are getting to the end of uh, tonight's show. And so uh, we're going to thank the people who joined us tonight and uh, called in. And uh, I'm going to have to... My my screen is going black. For some reason, the last few programs, the screen that keeps my time has has gone black. I guess it times out after a while if I don't change it. But uh, I'm working on that now. Tomorrow night, uh, Tony Riggs people will be here. We'll talk about baseball. Wednesday night, as we told you earlier, uh, we will be uh, talking about uh, signing up for Medicare Part D, which is kind of confusing. It's something that you've got to do or pay a fine if you join it later, and so uh, you need to know about it and so you can make a correct choice. And Mike James, who is a pharmacist and who knows all about it, will be our guest on Wednesday night, and we will have the presidential debate, if it happens, on Thursday night. 